listening to the We're Talking Drums Podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffey. This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. Today, again, is a very special episode. I am joined by the drummer of the Blood of Christ, Sir Jason Longo, as well as my dear friend, producer, guitar player, extraordinaire, Thomas Ireland from Icehouse Studios. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm I'm excited uh, to have you guys on and uh, talk about drumming in the studio. Um, pretty much, like that's uh, that that's why we're here. You know, uh, I want to talk about studio sessions because uh, it's it's very different from uh, a rehearsal or a live. Um, session, if you will. Um, so, uh, my first kind of question is, um, what Tom, it's a Thomas, um, what kind of role do you take when approaching, uh, recording drums? You know, like, do you like to, uh, to get a feel for the drummer ahead of time or like what, uh, like, let, let's just dive into it. Like, like get into, uh, how you, how do you like, uh, to conduct your sessions, if you will? Uh, well, I think most important is that the drummer is comfortable getting the drummer in and, and set up, talk to them about the sounds they want, um, you know, going through the tuning, that kind of stuff. And uh, I guess really it's just about, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, making the, making the drummer feel uh, feel comfortable and ready to get in the groove and and try to keep some uh, some good recording vibes. Vibes are always crucial. <laughs> you got, you got to have good vibes, man. So so Jason, when you when you're heading into the studio, man, um do you do you expect good vibes just heading heading into that room or uh, or are you bringing the thunder already? Um, bringing the thunder already. Usually, um, Thomas is very easy to work with though. I'm comfortable with working with him. Hence why I've done like four or five recording sessions with him now. Um, but I'm always like very well prepared before I go in. Cause I don't want to waste his time. Uh, vice versa. I don't want to waste my brother's time with the tracks or anything. So yeah, vibes are very important. You have to be comfortable. You have to be relaxed. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for, how I approach things, but, um, ISO studios is very comfortable, comfortable to work at. And I, we always discuss our sound first off, which I love about Thomas. He always like, what do you want to achieve from this? What kind of sound do you want to have? And I always have like a different idea on this record or this one. I want a little bit more of this. And he's very easy to communicate with and very easy. It's almost like, uh, sometimes he almost reads my mind when I get a mix back. It's like, okay, yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what I was thinking. You know what I mean? It's just easy, and that's uh, 
one of the things I like about working with Thomas at Ice House. Yeah, man, and I think I think the uh, the drummer and producer relationship is very crucial. It is very very important, and it's very yeah. different from like say a guitar player. I I would say that a drummer and a vocalist relationship is very similar to a producer because it's like it's it's almost a very like intimate um, instrument to be playing. Because you're exerting so much energy and, and force into uh, into what you're playing, and same with the yep. vocalist, where it's like extremely emotional. So that connection with the producer, like I I personally would love to have nobody else uh, from the band in the studio at all, and just me and the producer, and and that's it. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how Thomas and I did. Um the fourth Blood of Christ album actually was just Thomas and I, and I had the tracks and the click and headphones for my brother. He sent everything to Thomas and it was great. Like me and him bouncing ideas back and forth. And then we'd said to them, they're like, Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? Uh, I've recorded with him where Richard, we did the Muller Corpse album. Richard was there, but he was upstairs at the old ice house. So mm-hmm. that's, that was good as well. I, I prefer both actually. I'm not one of these drummers that said it has to be this way. It has to be this way. I've recorded with the whole band in there. I've recorded with just Jeff in there doing the guitars, which more of a live feel you get kind of like the more grindy live feel, which is good too, you know? So, but one of the best experience I have had was with just Thomas and I, and you can hear it. You can hear it on the album. It's very, we took our time and we said, no, do that again. And Thomas like, no, you can do better. No, you can do better. You know what I mean? So it's good to have that there to push you, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Corey, how you because you, I would relate it a lot to vocals as well, and I, I feel like because it's a physical thing, I don't always know how much to push. Like if a singer's screaming and has been screaming for a few hours, and then I'm like, I really want you to hold a long bar here at the end. I don't know, and it I don't know how much to push to like. Is that the last thing they can do, and then the session's over? And it's, it's sort of similar with uh, with drums. I don't know, like if the drummer's not nailing it, how many times or how hard do I push them to do better, or do we sort of like move past it and come back to it? So I guess how how do you guys, when you're in the studio, do you like to be pushed a little bit if you're not like out of your comfort zone, or or how do you feel about that? Hmm. I like me personally. I like to be pushed. Because sometimes I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit in my mind. I'm a little bit, that's good enough. You know what I mean? I'm a little bit lazy that way. So I like, <laughs> I like how you did that. No, I'll do another one, you know, do another one. Not necessarily, not necessarily wasn't bad, but I could have done something different here. I like that. You, you get another ear, you know what I mean? It's not just me saying that's how the drums are. It's done. There's another guy to say, no, no, try this. You know what I mean? That's what I like about having someone there to push me. And the more pissed off I get, the better for me personally. I don't know what it is, but I get a little bit of rage in me. and like, oh, my God, really? You want me to do that again? That was amazing in my head. But then I'm like, okay, I'll do another one. And then it turns out better. So that's me personally. But uh, <laughs> I don't know about yeah. you, Corey. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that um, uh, a lot of the time I got to – if I'm getting – uh, a little tired or uh, a little frustrated, I can't nail a part. I got. I just want to walk away, and maybe just like have a minute uh, behind the desk, listen back to what I was doing, 
and, and come up with some ideas and, and get into a different mental state. Because sometimes, like, when you're not nailing a part, you just, like, mentally get out of it, right? So it's about getting back mentally into the song and into your instrument. That's what I find anyways. And I, I recently just did a session recording on the new Unbowed record. And right when I was starting to get tired, like I think we were about six hours in uh, to the session, is when uh, I felt at my best. So like right as like the, the you know, like uh, the... This, the room here is like super hot and I'm sweating. I'm starting to take layers off and I'm like, I'm, I felt fantastic. And you, I used to be like that. That'd be my time to be like, ah, oh, let's call it. But like mentally, I just like got so into it. And I feel like those tracks I did then, I wanted to re-record the ones I did earlier because I was like mm-hmm. so in the zone right. at that point. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's like when it's like you're, when you're playing a gig and, and you're on a tour and the more shows you play, the more, like, almost better you get because your endurance is going up, right? Your adrenaline. And by the end of the tour, your band is so tight. That's kind of like recording. We did it. I think we did the album in two days, but he pushed me pretty hard, and I did a lot of takes. And the more I played, it was like, okay, yeah. It was like, do-do-do, you know what I mean? Easy. So yeah. I'm the same way now. I used to take a break and go for a walk, and but I keep going now, drink more water and... I find you get a uh, more punishing take, right, for the style of music. Oh, definitely, man. Like, like we we took a little break uh, to have some dinner or whatever, but that was about it. Like, we took maybe, like, 45 minutes to an hour. We ate something, and then we we came back, and we, we recorded the whole record in, like, eight hours, I think. Awesome. So, wow. eight songs <laughs> in eight hours. It was, yeah, it was, it was a that's feat. A, that's intense. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hopefully it turns out all right, but we'll see. Uh, Alex is mixing it now, so let's see. Uh, let's see how that goes. Awesome. <laughs> looking yeah, forward, forward to, to hearing it. For looking sure. forward to hearing it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad that I forced Alex to let me play drums on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Thomas, is there anything that um, that you do when? If you notice a drummer is uncomfortable, but they can't, um, I guess, get the courage to, to to say, like, okay, that's enough. Is there anything, do you just stop the session? Like, or is that something that you, you can usually, will actively do? Yeah, you can usually tell when, uh, I don't know, someone's not getting the groove or not, I don't know. Or they're almost like worked up too much that they're worried about what they're playing, and you just got to say, "Hey, we can we can take all day. We can take our time. It's got to be right." I think communication is, is just like a lot of things is, is super important, but especially especially coming in, in for the drums. Uh, you know, lots of guys will come in and they're excited and they'll start rushing it off the first song and that kind of stuff, and you got to you know uh, so talk with them and let them hear it back and let them know that we got lots of time and it's going to be great when uh, when it's done and be reassuring. So. Yeah, I know. Just getting that kind of stuff, yeah. getting that first song in the bank is like a huge win. That's like you're just sure. you just want to get that first song done, and it feels like it takes forever sometimes. And then you know, by the time you're done the day, you're like, oh wow, we got four songs in today. Like that was that was a really productive day, you know. But that first mm-hmm. one, like just getting that done, is like, oh, sometimes it can be excruciating. 
But uh, yeah, you you got to make sure all of them are just as consistent and solid. You can't just like okay, on to the next whatever, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was gonna okay. say that that's important. One thing I've learned uh, through the years is always go back, listen, listen to the tracks too. Uh, mm-hmm. Solo the drums. Have everybody listen to them. Make sure everyone's happy uh, before the end of the day. Yeah, I've is, uh, dude always super important. Always important. That's that's some of my my favorite stuff too. At the end of the day, just listening back, like okay, and then you hear that one flub, you're like, <laughs> you just turn around. Oh no, Got, back in the gotta mood. do it again. <laughs> back to work. Yeah, but you, yeah, you're so happy though that you caught it. Like that's the time to catch that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah, like before you tear down the kit, you know, or anything. But uh, yeah, oh. Uh, those times are just like fuck. You think you're done, you're like about to crack that beer or something, and it's just like, <laughs> nope, not yet. You're not done yet. Fuck. Oh man. So you guys have recorded. You guys have been working together since 2012 with the Mullet Corpse uh, record. Uh, so you guys have like quite the relationship. Uh, that you've grown over the years and like with playing shows together and, and everything like that. Um, so there must be a, an extremely strong trust. And, and Jason, would you say that that is one of the big reasons why you, you would keep going back to Thomas as the producer is because you've built that trust up over the years. Uh, and like how, how important is that to you? Uh, when looking for a studio and a producer to work with? Uh, yeah, for sure. It is. It's very important. The second question is very important to trust a producer and knowing that what you're laying down isn't going to be completely different than what you laid down. That's another thing that's important too. Um, and the feeling is still there. Um, yeah, I've been working with Thomas since, I think we tracked that actually in 2011, but it got released in 2012. Uh, with CDN Records, but uh, the first what the first time I did with them was the Mullicorps Disinfect record, and that was my first time working with them. But like we instantly we instantly hit it off and connected mentally, and I told him what kind of drum sound I'm looking for type thing, and uh, he delivered. So ever since then, I've done every single Blood of Christ release up until now um, with Thomas, and yeah, I do trust him. 100%. He's great to work with. He's, you're relaxed. Um, you can do as many takes as you want. He's not like, he doesn't cut you off ever or anything. Uh, you can always come back to fix things. He only lives, well, the studio is like an hour from me, so it's great. About 45 minutes to an hour, so it's good to record at Ice House. Um, yeah, it's very comfortable to work with him and easy producer to work with. I should, I recommend him to any drummer that wants to track drums. 100%. Yeah, man. I remember I I did the uh, uh the Crimson Shadow Sales of Destiny EP, uh, and then we did the Vesperia and Olden Tale album. Both were extremely different experiences. When the Sales of Destiny one, um, we set up in the booth, right, and that one also. The heat was broken the entire yeah, time sad. we were there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was so bad. So, luckily, <laughs> I was in the booth, though. 
I don't know if that was the deciding factor why we went with the the ISO booth over in the the big room. Um, it would be a good reason. To. It would be an excellent reason because uh, yeah, because that thing got hot, right? Um, it was. It, I I was fine. Uh, I was still nice and toasty and sweaty in there. Um, and then uh, an olden tale we did in the the open room, and that both were extremely different experiences, and and the the sound and everything of the drums uh, were extremely different. Um, but I really really enjoyed um, tracking the Vesperia record because it was just me and you. The guys uh, sent you all the tracks for me to play to, and we got to just. You know, like hash it out and, and and work out parts, and it was it was a lot of fun. Just the two of us uh, going over that stuff, and and even the um, the last Crimson Shadows EP that came out uh, March of 2020. Great timing on that one, uh, right as lockdown <laughs> hit. Uh, so if that slid under your radar, go check it out. The Resurrection that was. Uh, Mixed and mastered by Thomas Ireland. Uh, and I remember the recording of that being a very smooth process. Um, you you like to get as long of takes as, as, as us drummers can do uh, and really put uh, as much energy and, and get our personal feel to the drums. Um, so obviously there's going to be editing involved and everything like that. Um, but at the same time, your ability to keep the feel of the playing, uh, is, uh, impressive. So that's one of the main reasons why, uh, I have personally really enjoyed working with you and, uh, have gone back and, and, and trust you as a producer. Uh, so like I, I, I think that's like the the big takeaway. Not to not to boost uh, Thomas or anything, <laughs> but everyone, everyone that's one, listening, <laughs> go go. That's record. one. That's that's one thing I forgot to mention. That's what I, that's one thing I like about Thomas. He always asks me, "How do you want to do this one?" You know what I mean? We've done what five or six recording sessions together, so we've tried different things. We've tried where we didn't even use a click track on the last seven inch we did, and it was just oh, wow. Jeff and I live off the floor. You know what I mean? It sounds fucking awesome. You know, we've done fucking. album four, Unrelenting to Clevity, was all to a click track and the guitar tracks and just Thomas and I, which sounds a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I like about Thomas, too. He's just like any producer should say that. Like, how do you want to do this? You know, how are you most comfortable tracking your drums? I'm most comfortable in a live setting, jamming old school. You know what I mean? Like doing lots of gigs and playing live. We used to record live off the floor a lot in the old days in the 90s. So it was refreshing to hear someone that knows how to do modern stuff. They know how to do all the editing and the click track and everything. But to hear him say, okay, like, I think you're a little bit blown away when I said, I'm just going to record the drum straight through. I'm not sure or not, but. He, yeah, no, it was, it's outside of my comfort zone. That That's for yeah, sure. <laughs> but he let me do it. <laughs> he let me do it. And it turned out awesome. It turned out old school. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. A lot of my favorite records in the 90s are all done just live off the floor, like Carcass and Dismember and all those old obituary albums. You know what I mean? So it was cool to hear someone be like, yeah, do it. You know, it was awesome. Yeah, with those ones, too, it was it was, it was all raw guitars and yeah. uh, vocal. Like it was all no click track, minimal edits, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of neat to do. 
That sounds like fun. Um, so that kind of gets into uh, one of the big topics I wanted to talk about, and that is the producer has uh, a, a good idea on the tracks that he needs to produce the the end product, uh, which a lot of musicians and, and and drummers like don't fully understand what that could entail, and they're just like, "Well, I'm just gonna set up. I'm gonna play my drums." And you're gonna make it sound awesome, but there ha there sometimes can be a little bit of compromise when it comes to how everything is recorded, like we've mm -hmm. kind of touched on here, right? Um, whether we're doing it like section by section or like like to a click, or we write live off the floor. Like, there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, and not even to get into like miking and everything like that, but miking being said here, uh, one of the big topics that you've brought up, Thomas, and I know that you have been, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word attempting, but you have been testing this type of tracking out, uh, by tracking the cymbals, uh, shells and kicks all separately. So... Uh, yeah. I, I'm really curious, uh, Jason, as as an, a kind of old school death metal guy, how how would you feel if Thomas approached you with this concept? And has he ever? <laughs> has, has he asked you to do this? Did it feel um, dirty or wrong? Or <laughs> He actually brought it up when they were doing the Battle Soul record. Um, I don't know. I, I was around for some reason with Richard. I don't know. We were going to do some more Molocorp stuff or something. And they were doing it that way, the Battle Soul record. And Thomas actually told me how they were recording. And I was like, whoa, what? Really? You know what I mean? Um, I would definitely try it. I don't know. I don't know how I would do at it. But uh, let's let Thomas explain it, how he would put me in the seat and say, okay, just play your cymbal parts. Am I playing to the guitar? You know, can do you mute yeah, everything? You'd have to work that out. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to. I think you'd have to have a guitar tracked ahead of time, or at least a, a decent scratch. Uh, but the time we did try for Battle Soul, that didn't make it on the album. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, so of course I can like really convince my brother to do it, right? <laughs> to give it a try. Yeah, <laughs> as drummer of Battle Soul. So we tried it, and we heard it back, and it. It was so disconnected. It was so, it really felt like someone was playing cymbals separate from shells. So we retracted it, but I've always sort of wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. I, like, uh, no, the first time I did hear about it was uh, Machine doing it on, on Lamb of God Sacrament. And I think they did it on the album before that too, but I don't, I don't remember. And of course that stuff all sounds great and sounds cohesive. Uh, and I like the idea if you could do that, you could get away without you know, sample reinforcement and you can try to keep it as, as natural as you can. But, mm -hmm. but in the process, you, you really lose the natural, uh, the, the vibe of the drummer. So I, I would think if someone was to do it, I would, they would need a heads up and they need lots of practice that way. hundred percent. Yeah. You'd need a couple of months of preparation with the tracks and how to play it differently. Right. Cause we're so used I to playing I don't think it'd be way. a good idea to, spring that up on anybody say hey by the way yeah. <laughs> you just want to just play cymbals today 
I would try it for sure. Would you try it, Corey? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, 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 I don't know about the whole symbols and shells. That that one's hard. I know that's the biggest one. Um, but we were doing uh, all the hands separate from feet on the last couple of recordings I did, and that worked Whoa. out really well. Um, mainly, and how how much did that affect your your, your feel, your uh, like your I guess your groove or your your intensity, Corey? Um, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was difficult to be honest, especially doing the the unbowed stuff. When it got closer to the end of the session, I was like, I don't know if I can do it like this again. Um, mm. I would, I would, I was just using these practice pads uh, that uh, actually uh, my co-host on um, We're Talking Drums, Derek, made and gave me. Uh, he handmade them. It's just two by fours put together. So they're not extremely solid either. <laughs> so my pedals would move a whole lot. It was like I was uh, 16 playing a show at the Legion again or something. And my kick drum was just <laughs> moving all over the place. But uh, so uh, I'd have to find a kick pad that I was very comfortable with. I think mm -hmm. that is the is a crucial part. Hundred um, percent, yeah. So I will say on on some of these recordings and stuff, we we did have a lot of the the kicks kind of mapped out already. So it was literally I was I was recording just the hands for some of some of these parts, right? Um, because the the engineer already had all the MIDI drums done, but it was just about capturing a live feel. Um, so I honestly, I didn't even have to play kicks for, for half of the shit. So hmm. that was kind of nice. Um, and I definitely didn't feel like I was cheating. All right. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I can play all of it, but it was just a, a, a production choice. Uh, I'll say that. Um, I get but, it, yeah. um, but doing, I think it would be weird, and I guess you'd have to have pads to to supplement the the toms and the snare when you're recording the cymbals. How would you go about doing that to make the drummer feel comfortable, Thomas? Like, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Okay. <laughs> so I think that is the biggest thing, is figuring out a way to make the drummer feel comfortable while being mm -hmm. able to track everything separately so that you get what you want. Because I understand you want everything as, as if it's a MIDI instrument, but played with natural feel, right? That's right, yeah. Would That's this work? Uh, Would this work, Thomas? You have an electric set and your acoustic set. So you do... You put your symbols, your natural symbols, over the electric kit set up, and... The, to, the uh, electric drums don't make a lot of noise. You could even dampen them even more. So you're actually playing, but just the cymbals are being recorded. And then when you go to do the acoustic part, it's just the drums, the real drums, and then the fake cymbals that don't make a noise. I think that'd be a possibility uh, of working for sure. It would be more just even playing uh, deadened pads. Yes. How much is that going to affect 
like I'm sure that would affect your drumming, Jay, a bit. Or like how much practice would you need to, to be able to do that? Probably like a month or so of preparation. If we're doing, we could try a couple tracks or something. We're actually working on a new album right now. So it's almost done being written. We could actually wow. try that if you want to. Cause I have an electric set. I have a Roland set and then I have my Tamas and then I just actually got a new Pearl set too. So I have, a, I have too many drums now. My wife's uh, getting a little, a little annoyed with her drum room. <laughs> <laughs> I but know, anyway, man. Yeah. I just got a new kit too, so I have four drum <laughs> kits now in my. I in actually, my I have five. I have five now. God, oh, dude, I'm selling two a, of them. So <laughs> if anybody wants to buy a drum kit, let me know. I like collecting old vintage ones. If I find older ones, I just found a set of eighty nines. Actually, nineteen eighty nine Pearl Export series, the old ones that they recorded all the old albums on. So I want to, I'm dying to try those in the session too. So that'd be cool to try, right? That'd be cool. I'd be down to try it. If it doesn't sure, work, it doesn't work, great. right? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Move on and go back. And then, to- yeah, you have to re-record the whole record for the fourth, <laughs> for the fourth time because you've already done yeah. symbols, <laughs> three the cymbals, three times, shells, yeah. and the kicks. <laughs> like, oh man. I wonder how the sound difference would be. Yeah, how would that affect that. like your 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 overhead placement and everything like that? Like, would you do you think you'd have like extreme phasing issues or like would it would that be a reason why it would be so disconnected because the mics would be moved to a potentially different part of the room or yeah. So I think the idea is you set up the drums and you just need to use like uh, su- the sound off pads or find a way to dampen everything down, record the cymbals, and then you just take the cymbals off and put like cardboard cut pizza boxes out and use those uh, or something like that. Something that's not going to make sound. But those mics and the drums and everything, I think would have to stay in as close to the same position as possible for it to make it feel cohesive. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Corey. I think that'd be the best way to do it. I, I'm not certain if that was the case when we did it with Battle Soul or not, but uh, yeah, I agree. It'd be good to get it mic'd up like it was the whole kit and then uh, just play each part separate so there isn't that jump in uh, in room tone or, like I said, phasing issues or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is making sure the drummer's comfortable with it. Um, and uh, that is, uh, I don't know, making a drummer feel comfortable, I have no idea. Even still, I don't know how to make myself feel comfortable. So, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that sound? I, I don't think I ever heard that. How did it sound when you actually sit back and you listen to your brother's full, complete takes? Everything's kind of mixed there. You got some guitar. Could you tell the difference? Yeah, well, it just it did sound like you know when you're playing and and you know your crash and your snare sort of line up together at the same time. Yeah, I think there was like just like those micro like they weren't. You could tell he wasn't playing them. They just didn't line up like you would expect them to. Oh, okay, uh, and I th- I think that's sort of what gives it the sound of it. Just sounded like someone was playing cymbals and someone was playing shells. Really, eh? But as yeah. far as the actual tones and everything, was it a lot better? 
Block oh whisper. yeah, tones are great. Yeah, I was so happy with how the snare sounded. Uh, you know, especially on blast beats and stuff, you could yeah. really bring it out. You could raise the volume of it without, you know, raising the hi hat bleed and that kind of stuff. I was, I was very happy with the, the the individual sounds, but altogether, it wasn't uh, it wasn't working. Mm. Yeah, because you can't, uh, you didn't have to gate the shit out of it and uh, all that. Like it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a mess. Me getting into like mixing more and stuff like that, man. I love MIDI drums. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty like, good. They're, especially the samples these days and everything. Uh, like, oh, it's. I, I don't even know why I bother practicing anymore. I can just practice typing on a MIDI keyboard and away we go. Yep. Uh, me saying this on uh, my drum podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Oh man! So, do you guys have any uh, funny tales from the studio uh, while tracking drums? Anything uh, crazy happening over the years? Hmm. Or is it like just like with you guys? It's just serious sessions. That's it. You guys are recording death metal, so you know. Yeah. Death metal, black metal, dark metal. Um, we've had good times. I wouldn't say it ever got out of hand or anything. I don't really drink or party much anymore. Those days are over for me uh, a long time ago. So working with Thomas is like we get down to business, but we still have a good time. We have a lot of fun and laughs and make jokes. And we actually made a nickname for Thomas, too. We uh, <laughs> That was actually my brother that did that. We call him Ben. I don't know why, but we call Thomas Ben. So there's like a running joke about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But there's nothing that, ne- nothing ever really got crazy or anything like that. Just good times all around, really. Just work and get her done. That's how I like to work. I don't know if you remember anything more about it, Thomas, but I remember it being, didn't we record the Muller Corpse album when it was a blizzard out at the old Ice House Studios? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember the roads being bad, that's for sure. Oh, man, Richard and I didn't know if we were going to make it or not. So, but that was a great session. It was the same way with the uh, Sales of Destiny EP. Uh, dude, we had a crazy storm on the way from London uh, up to Goderich. And it was, yeah, we, we didn't know if we were going to keep the, the van on the road. So, fuck. That was that was intense, and then we get up there and the fucking heat's broken. Oh, what that the was fuck? yeah, <laughs> yeah. We almost That's turned around, you guys went back home, sticking through that one. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a good thing that we did. And we we stuck it out, you know. We battled hard and uh, we got it done, you know. Uh, so uh, we we were happy with the outcome, you know. I will I will say like that is one of my uh, favorite. Crimson uh, recordings to listen back to. Um, and I think that you as a producer had a big hand in that. So uh, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah thank you, yeah. Corey. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. That was a fun uh, session for sure. It was, man. Despite <laughs> the hands freezing off. And- oh, my God. We had that, like, uh, little fort. <laughs> That for uh, the guys recording guitars <laughs> in like a heater, and they're like wearing coats and between takes, putting gloves on, and oh my god, like oh, it was man. freezing. It was it was like I think it was like January or so, January or February Whoa. when we were up there. How did was, you track? How did you track drums like that? 
Your hands. Um, I we were I was in the ISO booth that he had there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So close the door and I yeah. just like got warmed up and got some like heat going Body in heat there. Going. Body heat going and I was okay. I just didn't leave for anything. I don't even think I had a smoke that entire day that we tracked those. I think it was only three songs we did. Uh but I, I think I stayed in there and that was it. I didn't leave that wow. booth. Cause it was like, wow. if I did, I would cool down right away. Cause it was it was freezing. It was yeah, that was fun. So I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to come up and see your new place that has heat. It definitely has heat. It yep. has heat. Yep, okay, for sure. Excellent. <laughs> it Excellent, will in January. So. <laughs> yeah, a great drum room too. Yeah, very open. Yeah, live live room in this uh, new place is is pretty exceptional. I must say, I quite I do really like the drum sounds we're getting out of it. Nice man. We'll have to uh we'll have to do a session sometime. I got uh a few things coming up. Uh and honestly, I I like tracking in my own space I have here in this uh this room. Um but uh at the same time, I really enjoy when I'm doing something for a a project and like a paying client. I like to work with uh, a producer and engineer. I don't feel confident in my takes when I am doing it by myself. I am not good at producing my own drums at this point. <laughs> I need someone else to be like, do it again. Or that, that was great. You know, <laughs> having a well, second always, person. It's always good to have an outside ear and a second person to tell you, right? Oh, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, it's just a mental thing for me. That like just having somebody else there, I just feel like it's uh, more professional for some reason. Even though it can be the exact same mics going through the same preamps into the same computer and everything, um, but just having somebody else at the wheel um, just makes me me feel like I'm doing something um, a lot on a higher level than me just sitting behind my hit my kit and hitting record you know for sure it depends it also depends what you're going for too right different rooms and uh you know what i mean so mm -hmm. yeah absolutely if you want that uh big room feel or like my room i just i have it as deadened as, as possible right so i'm just you know trying to capture the symbols rather than the, the whole kit with the overheads and mm -hmm. i have a Actually, uh, I have like a, a room on the other side of this wall uh, and about 20 feet away from where I am, there is a, a, a stone wall. Uh, so it's a complete separate room and I have uh, like a large diaphragm mic just up against that. Uh, and oh, cool. Get some That's really cool. cool room room sounds out of that. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I've placed mics all over my house and just tested to see what works and what doesn't. <laughs> uh, room mics are my favorite, man. Room mics are my favorite. I want to just do a shootout video of just room mics everywhere. That'd be cool. That's what they did for Led Zeppelin 4, I think it was. They just put room mics in this old building, and a bunch of the tracks is only room mics on a couple of John Bottom's drum tracks. Oh, I I've always that, wanted man. to... I've always wanted to try that too. It doesn't cool work as do. well for uh, extreme death metal. You no, know? <laughs> but no. 
Uh, yeah, you just get that those that low end kick build up like crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, but if you use a pad, then that's gone, man. Can have room mics for days. Be good for rock and roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind your guys' thoughts on uh, pre-production. Like, how much would you want a producer uh, involved, like during songwriting? Hmm, that's a really good question. That's actually a really good idea because all the pre-production is done by the band itself, and then we come into the studio and say, "Here's our tracks," right? So, I guess it would be like if you're in the studio and you play a fill, and I'm like, "You know what? That fill I think would be better done this way." Yeah. Really, the time to bring that up is before you get into the studio, right? That's a great idea, actually, man. We should actually do that for our next album. I can send you. I have a electric kit now, so I can record all the songs that I'm doing and the fills that I'm doing, and I can send you just the drums. And you can say, no, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? That's a great idea to have a second ear in pre-production. So when we go to do the album, everything's set in stone pretty much, right? And just track. That's a good idea. Yeah. What do you think, Corey? I think it's an excellent idea. And um, as far as a like actual producer's role um, is to me typically would be involved with the pre-production as well. Um, but it seems like in, within like metal and, and more so like kind of like the underground and, and whatnot and, and independent bands. Um, it, it is kind of the idea that you just go to a studio and your producer is more of an engineer. Um, and then you just ship it to get mixed. And maybe you talk about tones and this and that, but it's not as much about uh, the actual music and what you're playing and rearranging parts um, and stuff like that. Uh, I've more recently wanted to get more involved with an outside producer uh, during the pre-production stage. Like um, Crimson is now... Um, looking to finish this uh, highly anticipated new record that's been going on for about eight years. Uh, and I am bringing in a producer to help with pre-production and the nice um, the rest of the, the production of the record. Um, and then I'll be going somewhere else to do the drums, but I'm going to ask him and get him to to help uh, arrange some drum parts and if he has ideas and, and stuff like that, right? So I think it's a it's a big part of it as far as um, your drums go, but also just the overall song structure and everything like that. I think it's it, it can play a big part. And maybe the, the band doesn't like what you have to say, and you have to accept that. Because at the end of the day, the band is kind of the boss, right? Absolutely. So it's yeah, their, yeah, no question. It's their there. music. But there's also, there would be a reason for them to ask you for your opinion. And you shouldn't, I don't think that you should be shy about giving it if the band is asking it. So I love the idea. Um, I, I love having another ear and someone to uh, bounce ideas off of and everything as well. So the and dude with technology these days, you can easily send MIDI drums, which if you're doing demos and stuff, most band these days would use MIDI drums for pre-production. 
and you can just send the producer your MIDI tracks and then maybe they do some tweaks and stuff and send it back. And so they can instantly give feedback and show you exactly so, what. Yeah, not just tell you the feedback. They can show you the feedback, right? Yeah. That's and I a think great that, idea, man. That's crucial. Being able to show another, like a, a musician, like, okay, no, this is actually what I'm talking about, right? Like being able to lay it down. And yeah, I think it's it's key. And I love it, man. I love it. I, I don't think that we should be held back by... You know, oh well, this person wrote the song, so like only his opinion matters on it. Like, the, uh, that whole like idea and concept needs to just go away. It's just we're all here to make great music and get it out for people to hear. You know, and uh, if bringing in somebody who is also passionate about what you're doing, uh, to give their opinion and their kind of touch on stuff. You know, I think you I think you should go for it, man. I think more people should be accepting of working with producers and not be so big headed about it. So that's my two cents couldn't, on that. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Corey. Oh yeah, I think you're right about the the audio engineer slash producer role. And a lot of times metal bands are just looking for the audio engineer. But at the same time, if I hear something, I'm gonna speak my mind let them know my opinion. And of course, if any band hates it, they don't have to do it. Like you said, they're the boss, but um, it'd be, it'd be cool to do some pre-pro. I think it would help with uh, uh, making the session smoother. But Well, especially if you are going to see everything all the way through, like if a band um, asks a producer to record, mix, potentially master or even if master is going somewhere else. But if you're, if you're dealing with the project all the way through from recording and mixing, um, you might as well go that little bit back and be like, okay, like let's start with pre-production. Let's hear your songs. Let's see if anything can be, uh, arranged differently. Maybe you have some ideas to add in some like tiny little cool keyboard part here and like really get back down to the the songwriting aspect of things uh and and really produce that album or single or ep or whatever it may be with the band as a as a unit and as like a fourth or fifth or sixth member uh and i think i think bands should be open to that cuz the, the the studio is not the same as the road as playing live, you know, like the, those are two different things and you need to get into a different headspace and allowing a producer to come in and help, um, get your songs to be everything that they could be. I think that you're doing your songs a disservice by not allowing somebody to, to help you with that. So I agree. I agree for a hundred percent on that, Corey, when we did album four with blood of Christ with Thomas, he, he gave a lot of ideas and, different suggestions and i think that's part of the reason it turned out the way the album did you know what i mean it's not the same as i listened back to the demos years later and it's a lot different in different parts you know what i mean because there was a guy saying that's not in the band he's he's there saying why don't you try that why don't you try this he even grabbed the guitar a couple times you know what i mean that's great to have that and i think that's part of the reason why uh in my opinion it's one of our best albums 
was because we had we had an outside ear with us there. It wasn't just us saying this is how the songs are done. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's someone else that loves metal, that knows metal, that can hear certain things we can't necessarily hear. So it's great to have that. And is passionate about the project as well. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I know everything that I've ever tracked with Thomas and, and some other producers as well. Like you can tell when somebody is passionate and loves the music that you're making with them. And when they're kind of just like going through the motions and like, okay, let's get this done type of deal. And it's kind of just like a paycheck and, you know, like there's a big difference there. So hundred percent. Yeah. And working with the right producer can make or break your drum session, you know, and it could also, another thing we haven't touched on is like new drummers going into the studio. If you're working with a producer who you don't click with, that could really uh, make your studio experience uh, super negative and you'd be scared to go back in the studio. You won't want to. You'll be like, no, I hate the studio. But really, you just haven't worked with the right producer because that that relationship is like, it's crucial, crucial to being comfortable and having a successful studio session. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. On that note, boys, I would like to thank you for coming on the podcast and talking about drum recording and sessions and everything else that we <laughs> we went over here and our ramblings and all that, or my ramblings, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so... Thanks for thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, it's been a great chat. Hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm really stoked uh, to hear this this new new record that you uh, you're gonna be working on there. And I honestly, I think you should give it a go with the whole cymbals and shells and kicks <laughs> separately. You know, I'm I want to hear it. I want to hear okay, that. We... <laughs> do you still have the battle soul? Uh, recordings that you did. I was just that? gonna say that. I want to hear that. I'll have it somewhere. I can see if I can dig that up. Dig it up. Come on, let's go. I want to hear it. <laughs> I hear you it. guys. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, down. Yeah, I'm curious too. Let me find those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Corey. It's been a blast. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll have to do uh, some recording together soon, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be super excellent for sure. Thanks for having me on, Corey. It was great to talk to you guys. Yeah, brother. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.